0: My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. It was September 2020. It was our first time visiting the U.S. since we had moved to Haiti 10 months before. We had been back for two days, and we were both barely able to move. We were bloated, our stomachs hurt, and yet we found ourselves putting one more Chick-fil-A sandwich in our mouths. We had been eating rich food after rich food for 48 hours, and there was no end in sight. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about something that I found within myself when we returned from Haiti to the United States. It's certainly not something I expected. I found a new joy in the ordinary objects of life, in food and things. What an odd podcast topic, you might think. I agree, it's not really even about Haiti so much, maybe more psychology. And how bizarre to have a missionary talking about the love of things. But I hope as we talk about it, we can take a lesson in understanding each other. Hannah and I both grew up in nice enclaves of Atlanta. Growing up, we never wanted for food or most physical things. As we got older, we both extolled the concept that things were not important to us. Like many of our friends, we frequently spoke about how much experiences were more important to us. This had the effect of making us feel like we were not materialistic, maybe even had reached a higher plane of understanding. Before we go on, I want to quote you briefly from the conclusion of Hillbilly Elegy. To me, it epitomizes why there is a divide on this issue. The author, J.D. Vance, grew up poor in Ohio and Kentucky. He says, I assumed that rich people celebrated Christmas just like us, perhaps with fewer financial worries and even cooler presents. Yet I noticed after my cousin Bonnie was born, that Christmas time at Aunt Wee's house had a decidedly different flavor. Somehow, my aunt and uncle's children ended up with more pedestrian gifts than I had come to expect as a child. There was no obsession with meeting a two or three hundred dollar threshold for each child, no worry that a kid would suffer in the absence of the newest electronic gadget. Usha often received books for Christmas. My cousin Bonnie, at the age of eleven, asked her parents to donate her Christmas gifts to Middletown's Needy. Shockingly, her parents obliged they didn't define their family's Christmas holiday by the dollar value of gifts their daughter accumulated. I know what he's talking about. Many people who grew up well off in America have eschewed some of the outer signs of wealth. For the first time, you have some who will choose not to have the gaudy car, the nice restaurant, or the ostentatious home. They realize a higher satisfaction by giving their Christmas gifts away or enjoying an experience instead. I think this is a really good thing. Certainly, and I'm going to say this over and over again, I do not think materialism is something to be emulated. I don't believe it leads to deep joy and meaning in life. But let's just take a step back before we self-congratulate ourselves for our freedom from a desire for things. Over and over in Haiti, I saw the truth in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Many of you may be familiar with this concept. It's the idea that certain needs must be met before others. For example, humans need basic physiological requirements, air, food, water, sleep, before we can even think about security. It's why a hungry person, in the midst of a war, would go out to find food despite the physical danger. As you move up the hierarchy, a person needs physical protection, then belonging and love, then self-esteem, and finally self-actualization, trying to be the best one can be. You see this in Hillbilly Elegy. Children who already have all the food, belonging, security, and things can start to think about the top of the pyramid, self-actualization. They discover the meaning they derive from giving to others. Please don't take this as me saying these children are spoiled. Nothing like that. This is a beautiful thing that I want to encourage one day in my own children. And it's also not to say that children who have lack in their life are unable to be generous. But it is a call to empathy. To understand that for a child who has had lack, this might be harder. Not impossible, but harder. And living in Haiti, even when you are comparatively well off, is a blow to the pyramid. Suddenly, you don't have much personal security. You feel beat down and lack a sense of belonging. Food and acquiring daily needs are challenging. I remember the joy we had when we realized that there was a pizza place that would put a pizza on the back of a motorcycle driver and deliver it to our home. It was a revelation. We had not gone to a restaurant in months and months. Our weekly date nights consisted of cooking spaghetti and eating it on the roof just to feel special and eat in a different location. When we visited the United States, we would binge eat. It was almost a compulsion. We hadn't had a Willie's burrito or a Chick-fil-A sandwich or Mexican food in so long. We couldn't help ourselves. After months of eating a healthy and reasonable diet of Haitian food, we found ourselves bloated from dense, fatty American cuisine. But we couldn't bring ourselves to stop. There were delectable morsels of food everywhere. And our once vaunted self-control that we had developed over 30 years of living in that environment had atrophied on the vine after a year of not having to exercise it. And shopping. Man, I don't mean that we went out and bought clothes or nice watches or cars or whatever. But Amazon is remarkable. In Haiti, Hannah and I had once decided that we wanted a TV with Netflix. But TVs are expensive in Haiti, being imported through customs. We decided the most cost effective thing would be to buy a projector in the United States with Amazon Fire and have a friend bring it down when they came a few months from then. So we waited three months and finally it arrived. It was like Christmas. But the cord didn't work to hook it up, and we couldn't find a replacement in our town in Haiti. So we had to wait an additional month and a half for someone to come down and bring a cheap $10 cord. And after this ordeal, I find myself plopped in the U.S., and suddenly, I can order a cord I need in the morning and get it by 5 p.m. that afternoon, delivered to my doorstep. I found myself doing this over and over again. In Haiti, it was a struggle to get anything, even basics. Food, thermometers, and scales for the clinic. Electric toothbrushes. Little things. Not so here in the U.S. In Haiti, we would stockpile. We would take a trip into Port au Prince to one of the few big stores and we would buy anything we thought we might need for the next few months. We knew we wouldn't be able to get back anytime soon. And now, in U.S. stores Costco, Target, Walmart I find myself fighting the impulse to do the same thing to stock up and buy everything I might need. I recall a conversation I had years ago with an old Peace Corps coordinator in South Africa. He said it was always a challenge when the volunteers would return from the hinterlands and come to Cape Town or Durban and suddenly be awash in possibilities. Avoiding the danger of having volunteers overdo it became a significant portion of his job. Often their self-control muscle was so ill-used that they went overboard and he would have to clean up their messes. To me, there is an additional truth about Maslow's pyramid. It is sticky. Even when you find yourself out of a difficult situation, it's not an immediate adjustment. I want to be clear that Hannah and I are not broke. We have not spent exorbitantly and we are valiantly avoiding weight gain. But you do feel differently. There is a joy to being in a department store that I have never felt before. The ring of a doorbell for Amazon had never brought me so much delight. We, and I'll include my old self in this, looked down and laughed at the statistics that show that 70% of lotto winners in the US go broke after 7 years. How is that even possible, we say? Or we read that nearly 80% of former NFL players are broke within a few years of retirement. What? They made millions. But for many people, when you have grown up with need and unmet desires, the sudden adjustments can be jarring. I felt it after two years of not having easy access to the things I wanted. But imagine if you had felt this way your whole childhood. Obviously, you can control your spending and desire for things. But can we, at the very least, admit that it's going to be a bit harder? All I'm saying is that I now understand this a little better. Again, I'm not saying that materialism is a good thing at all. I still firmly believe that experiences are more valuable than things and that stuff doesn't bring true peace and lasting joy. But it is very easy to say that you don't care about material things when you've never had to go without. And I have no room to talk. Literally, we only had to deal with this for two years. But even that short period leaves a mark. There is a, and I can think of no other way to put this, Momentary elation in holding an item that I needed and was able to purchase within 12 hours of realizing my need for it. I had never taken so much happiness from a thing before. And in the past, I thought it was a certain spirituality I had that allowed me to forego things, like uh, some sort of monasticism. Maybe it made me even feel better than others. But perhaps it was simply a lack of lack. In the same way that a man who lives next to a river never knows the true joy of drinking a cold cup of water. Until there's a drought. Thank you for listening. Every Wednesday morning, we publish a new narrative from life here. We are simply telling stories as we've seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a rich history. And there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets. And we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names may have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about the work of Light from Light in Haiti or to get involved, visit us on the web at lightfromlight.me. Thank you and God bless.